0: What's up, profitable public speaking listeners? Mark Bird, the podcasting coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. Since you've been listening to this show about public speaking long enough, chances are you want to figure out how do I break through as a public speaker. We're going to be talking about how do I break through in the sense of delivering great presentations, being able to deliver great content, and how that benefits uh, the attendee experience. How that can benefit your career, regardless of whether you want to go on to be a public speaker who goes on to get paid, or if you're someone who views public speaking as a complement to what you already do. So if you want to break through as a public speaker, this podcast and this episode are going to be really great for you. So the guest who joins us today, he is a public speaker who has been considered one of the leading experts in the field of personal growth for over 30 years. He's the author of nine books, a TV radio host, uh, a master business relationship and success coach, inspirational speaker, addiction recovery coach, and an all faiths minister. So our guest has a broad range of experience and he focuses in on public speaking for this episode. Our guest is none other than David Essel. David, welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) Mark, great to be with you. I love your high energy, brother. It's great. (laughs)
0: David I'm so happy to have you on the profitable public speaking podcast energy is where it's all at on this podcast and breaking through That's just something everyone wants to do when it comes to public speaking or just their career in general So we'll obviously be focusing this one on public speaking, but I think we should start with uh, Let's just get really basic here because we haven't gotten basic in a while A lot of people fear public speaking. So I think it's really important for us to talk. How do we conquer that fear? And then we could build on from there.
1: Oh, Mark, you know, it's, it's really powerful when you look at Gallup poll and the Gallup poll that was done. The last one that I saw was 2003. And they said 90 percent of Americans fear public speaking more than death. And that study has been done over and over and over again. And the statistics really rarely change. And one of the reasons why is because so many of us had a bad experience in elementary school, in middle high or high school. Um, You know, where that we were in front of the class, we weren't prepared, or we were thrown a quick trick question, we stuttered, we stammered, and that is all it takes to make us believe in the short run that we just will never go back there again. We're never going to put ourselves in that position again. Or maybe you were raised in a family with a mom and or a dad that were not supportive of your growth. And so whenever you tried to do something, it was never good enough. It was never strong enough, fast enough. It was never enough. And so you shied away. There's a million reasons why people shy away from public speaking, but what I'd like to share with your listeners today and, 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 and anyone that has an interest in improving their life is that this is where it's at. It's communication is the key to having great relationships with others, great relationship with ourselves, great opportunities to enhance our career, to make more money. It's all about communication.
0: I mean, that comes up again and again, that idea that we fear speaking more than we fear death. And yes. speaking, you know, you got to be very vulnerable. You put yourself in front of an audience and it can be that one moment, like something you don't even think about. You don't even remember that just paints your perception. But if you speak about something you're passionate about, that's just going to give you a new, like, I can't speak about gardening. Gardening's just the example I always use when I, so like, that's why I keep using gardening to all the gardeners out there. Nothing against that is something I can't do. And if I had to speak about that, you know, it wouldn't be very good. But if I speak about public speaking, or if I speak about digital marketing, it's something I can do very well at. So part of that is picking your topic. Now, some people, they do view public speaking as a way to enhance their career as a compliment rather than the thing they want to do full time. So what's your advice for people who want to use public speaking as that
1: compliment? Well, that's how I started, you know, Mark, in 1985, I had a mentor, Richard Gerson, bless his heart, he passed on way too early in life, but he asked me what I wanted to be, and you know, my, my very first thought is, is that I wanted to be a, a motivational leader, you know, I played basketball, Division I in college, I was always a leader, um, I came into the world of fitness, and health, and business, and I wanted to be a leader, and he said, well, the number one thing you need to do is you need to become a public speaker, I said, what are you talking about? He goes, that's the way you're going to get your message out. You know, you have so much passion, David Essel. You have so much energy. But if you really want to make a difference in this world, you need to learn how to present. So this is what he challenged me with, Mark. And I write about this in our number one best-selling book, Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life. I tell the complete story. I'll do a nutshell of it here. Was that He wanted me to speak a minimal of 100 times in a year for free. He never wanted me to accept a penny until he saw me himself and he felt at the end of a hundred presentations, or maybe it would be 200 presentations, that he thought I was ready to go. And so I did. I went out and did what most people don't do, and that is I spoke over a hundred times. I never expected and accepted a penny because he wanted me to have that experience. And then when I finally got my first gig to be paid, he was in the audience. Now, I'll tell you, this is, a, it, it was exciting for me. It was a packed house. I was at a conference in Atlanta. We had standing ovation at the end. You know, it was my first public speaking gig where I got paid. And, and Richard Gerson is in the back of the audience and people came up afterwards and they were asking me questions and I was on fire. Finally, everyone left the room and I went back and said, Richard, do you believe it? And he said, believe what? And I said, how great it went. And he said, yeah, yeah, you did okay. Sit down. And right away, Mark, I knew it wasn't going to be good. Right. And he flipped a pad to me that he had in his hand. And there was 125 marks on the pad. And he goes, do you know what this is? I said, I don't have a clue. He said, that's how many times you said the word. Um, so he said, listen, David, you did an amazing job. Your energy was through the roof. The people loved you. However, they'll give you the first time they see you. They won't pay attention to the ums because your energy is so awesome. But if they come back a second time in six months or a year, or they see you a third time and you haven't cleaned this up, they're not going to be reacting the way they did today. And Mark, it was the greatest lesson. One of the greatest lessons I've ever received in life is that we need non, or I should say, we need objective people. If we want to be a good speaker, we need objective people to guide us to rank us, to rate us, whatever the word is. We need those people who have a lot of experience to be able to say, hey, that was good, you need to improve here, or hey, that was terrible, and you need to start all over. But I always say to people, if you wanna be the best as a presenter, whether you're doing it full-time as a career, or just to enhance your life, make sure you have people looking at your work, watching you on tape, seeing what you do well and what you need to improve upon don't go with your own gut feeling because many times we're going to give ourselves the benefit of either thinking we suck when we're doing good or thinking that we're great when we still have a lot to learn
0: i mean i feel like everyone has a speaker has something to learn in the when you say the word ah like that's not something you think about until someone points it out and then you think about it for the rest of your conversation (laughs) Uh, one thing though, I will say about that is sometimes it's just better to be like, take that moment of silence because, uh, it's just, you know, you're thinking of what am I going to say next? But you know, you could be like, this is my point. Number one, this is my point. Number two, instead of this is my point. Number one. Uh, and this is like the moment of silence sometimes can really be beneficial. Now doing a hundred speaking gigs without getting paid me personally, if someone came up to me on speaking gig, number 40, I'm taking the money. But I mean, I understand you were in the situation with a coach, you had a relationship, but it is still very impressive that you got the hundred speaking gigs. So I'm wondering, how did you make all of that happen? Because some people they're just trying to fill five on the calendar.
1: Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, and you know what it takes. You have to be extremely aggressive, assertive. We went out after every Lions Club, every Qantas Club, every women's group, every networking group. You know, now I did this. Now remember this, Mark. I did this back in 1985 there was a heck of a lot less opportunity to speak in 85 than there is in 2019, mm-hmm. 2020 and beyond. I mean, oh my Lord, You know, there, there's BNI, business networking groups. There's all kinds of institutions that are always looking for someone to come in to do a 10, 15, 20 minute presentation. You know, uh, parent teachers groups. I mean, it's it just endless, you know? And so what we have to do is we've got to go online, Google in your area, networking groups, Google in your area, nonprofits, Google it. In other words, create a massive database in your area. If you want to be a really good speaker and start sending out query letters, you know, to these organizations saying, Hey, listen, here's four topics that I love to talk about. If you ever need a speaker and you need them for 10 minutes or an hour I'm your, you know, and, and and do it, right? I mean, absolutely do it. You've got to have that ability to market yourself if you want to be really good in the world of presentation and communication.
0: And I love that idea of suggesting multiple events because I know from personal experience for, there's this site called Haro and I filled out something a while back that got me in I think it's the U S news and world report. Like I got into something like that and I got one tip in there. Like I had my one tip and they covered me, but I mentioned five different tips in that pitch. So if the person organizing the event doesn't like topic number one and you only submit topic number one too bad, but if you submit four and someone's like, I really like topic number three, you're getting the gig. Now, one thing I will say is that in this day and age, it's so much easier to find speaking gigs. You just Google, call for speakers. There's so many things you can Google. One of the things though with David's scenario is that it was a lot harder to find them. But at the same time, you have to do that, especially in like 1980s. Like you have to do extra level of outreach just to get in front of the person's, like just to get their attention. So you've got less people doing it at that time, not to say that it was a walk in the park, you figure it out or anything like that. But the point I want to make here is that everybody is going to email and say like, can I speak at your event? These are all my skills I have. It's not, you're not really standing out at all by filling out a speaker form that everyone else is going to fill out. So I'm sure for 1980s, like I'm sure David did a lot of like, mailing to people or meeting people in person (laughs) and you know it's so much easier with digital but that's the stuff you still have to be doing to actually get on the stages
1: mark what you're saying is crucial too many people sit behind the computer doing social media marketing and they're wondering why they're not making the money they want they're wondering why they're not you know social media marketing is incredibly important but it still is a human connection There still should be something where, and I say to a lot of my clients that want to be public speakers or want to use communication skills as a way to make more money, go out and meet these people, you know, make a phone call. I know people hate to be on the phone. You know, you see those things on social media that, that'll say, you know, why did you call me? You could have just texted me, you know, those kind of funny things, right? But But really, like, if if you were to contact a major corporation and say, hey, I just want to give a heads up, and you're only going to get the assistant to the secretary, or you're going to get the assistant to the human resources director, but you give their name, your name, you say, hey, listen, I, I just want to give you a heads up, I'm going to be sending this to Mark the president of this company, if you could please make sure it gets in his hand, that'd be great. You know, and and even say, can I set up a time? Can I come and meet? Can I come and, you know, buy this guy coffee? I mean, don't sit behind your computer. And let me mention this, unless you're only gonna do Facebook Lives Or unless you're only going to do a YouTube channel and you never want to get outside your house and you don't want to leave your computer, then if you want to do it that way, go ahead. But if you want to actually be on the road, if you want to actually have people hiring you to come on in, you're going to have to do more than social media marketing. Uh, The other thing I want to mention is this, is that there are so many speakers today, you better find a way to separate yourself from everyone else out there. And one of the ways that we encourage people to do it is that at the very least to do a three to five minute video reel of you and you can fake it, you know, you can bring in an audience, bring in 10 of your best friends and have the camera set at an angle where it looks like there's 300 people there for God's sake, who cares? Right. But or best work, and if you wanna do six of those presentations and you can use the same crowd, just wear a different shirt, different dress, different whatever, you could then edit it together and have a nice little demo reel of you speaking about weight loss, you speaking about increasing income, you speaking about becoming a a public speaker, right? Like, send them something of you in action. A, A number of years ago, Mark, I did the keynote address at Syracuse University. And, um, which is a huge, it's probably, it is by far the biggest, most probably, uh, um, important speaking gig I ever did. The largest audience I ever spoke to was 5,000. And I would never do that again. I I hated it. I was on a huge stage. We had jumbotrons. The audience was completely black. I could see one person in the audience and I am a people person. So when I'm speaking to a a large group, I want to be walking up and down the aisles. I want to be connecting with my eyes. And here I was on stage and I was all excited when I was hired to speak in front of 5,000 people, right? I'm going, oh, this is going to be great. And and one of my legendary mentors introduced me, Dennis Waitley, who's very famous years ago in the world of, of personal growth. He actually was hired um, by the US government to train the astronauts on visualization. And he's worked with gold medalists from the USA on visualization. He's a great speaker. He introduced me. Everything went great until I realized that the whole place was pitch black and I can only see one person, right? So I learned from that that I'll never do that again. But I have my demo tape, right? I've got my keynote at Syracuse University. So when someone says, well, can you send me someone, you know, you speaking somewhere, we just send that out. And having that continues to bring in more business than I could ever believe, Mark.
0: And having that speaking real, obviously speaking in front of 5,000 people is really big. But I mean, one of the things there is you could think something's a really terrific opportunity that takes you out of your niche, takes you out of the thing that you truly enjoy. So, you know, 5,000 people, who wouldn't want to speak in front of 5,000 people? David, he doesn't want to do it anymore because he saw there's a difference. He can engage with people a lot more if it's a smaller size. And on the note of like doing different things to get different speaking opportunities, that's one of the reasons I push podcasting so hard because one of the things that I do, and I know a few other people do, and this is something I do help people with, is they will interview like the head of a position at a company And then they will get speaking gigs that way. So you could build a relationship with someone and then say at the end of the interview, I'd love to speak on this topic. I feel like I could help your company. Do you know who should I contact in HR? And then you can get a lot of speaking gigs rolling that way as well. So podcasting does give you that way to stay in your house, stay in your pajamas and still get speaking (laughs) gigs. I'd still say do the phone calls and meet people in person, but that's just another opportunity for anyone thinking about getting more gigs.
1: Yeah. If you are already in communication and you're a podcaster, my God, you're 100% correct, Mark. Use that to your advantage. You know, Use it. Absolutely use it. You mentioned something that I want to go back to because it's so important. The other thing that my mentor, Richard Gerson, taught me is never, ever speak or accept money to speak on a topic that is not in your wheelhouse and that isn't a major passion and and let me give you another example right after I spoke the first time when he was there and and he you know saw me with 125 ums I, I'll tell you what I corrected that very quickly it didn't take me long to see that he he was dead on and that was a, a major issue I had to, I had to correct but then a couple of weeks later I called him and said Richard you're not going to believe this and now this is again 1985-86 I said uh this auto dealership this massive auto dealership with over 100 salespeople has hired me to come on in and speak on the 10 keys to closing sales. And they're going to pay me all this money. And I, before I got anything else out, he said, cancel it. I said, what do you mean cancel it? I'm going to make all this money. He said, cancel it. I said, Richard, you don't understand. He goes, no, you don't understand. He said, that's not you. That's not your wheelhouse. They're going to eat you up. They're going to chew you up. They're going to spit you out. You're not a sales expert. Now at 1985, 86, he was right. Coming up to today, I would take that gig. But back then he was right because I didn't have the experience. And he said, you've got to stay in your wheelhouse. And this is something really important for our podcasting audience to pay attention to. You know, if, If you're going to do a lecture, a presentation, and it's not something you have great passion for, you will never be at your best. Never. I don't care how much you practice. I don't care how much you want that money. If it isn't something that is ingrained in your heart and soul that is passionate for you, you're not going to do as well as you could if you would wait and take a topic that was really something you loved. And if we can think about that, like sometimes logically we go, but I need the money or I want the money. And I understand that but your future is dependent upon every darn presentation you give. And if you give a presentation that isn't a 10, you're gonna be losing business down the road. I'd rather have you skip it and wait and get a presentation that you know you can do a 10, which will increase your ability to get more work, than to take something for the money and it'd be a five, and you won't get a darn thing out of being a five.
0: And you bring up a really interesting point where if you go out of your wheelhouse, I mean some people they want variety. They want to say I could talk about this, I could talk about this and I can invent myself to be the speaker if you're willing to give me 10 grand. So there are people who uh will think that way, but the issue that David mentions and it's a really important one. If you mess up on that gig, people are going to look at you for that gig when they make the decision. So I know you weren't put in that situation because your mentor swayed you away from doing that yeah. gig. But what advice would you have for someone, uh, because this is part of the reason the fear is so prevalent, Uh, what would you recommend someone who is that five right now, who has like bombed on a stage? How do you recover from that and then continue to get paid speaking?
1: I, I think the most important thing is never rely on ourselves when we know we need to improve. You know, Michael Jordan, a number of years ago, the famous basketball player, was asked one time in an interview he said, they said to him you know what does it feel like to be voted as one of the top maybe the top basketball player of all time like this is a career that you created and right after the interviewer said this is a career that you created michael jordan said wait a minute time out time out he said do you know that from my second year as an nba pro I've had a nutritionist, a strength coach, a mental conditioning coach. I have a basketball coach. He said, I am surrounded by coaches to make sure that every part of my game is being brought up at the same time. And really, Mark, that's what I believe we need to do. If we bombed, we, get, we hit a five, a six, or a seven when we should be hitting nines, that tells me that we need to hire a professional to review our work and to be held accountable to. Now, I will say this as well. I don't believe that we should do what we call a one-off session with professionals. In other words, if you wanna be really good, you're not gonna get that good by doing a session every once in a while, or a one-off session. You know, you really have to commit. When when I worked with Richard back then, it was 365 days, seriously, 52 straight weeks of him talking to me, me showing him what my outline looked like, me showing him what my what my top presentations were back and forth and talking to him I really needed that guidance and ever since then you know what happened has been magical i we've talked all over the world and there's been i mean there's several countries i have not spoken in but there's more countries than i have than I haven't and that's because my beginning was so grounded you know we didn't cut corners i would have liked to cut corners mark i wanted to cut corners you know i wanted to take that money from that car dealership but richard wouldn't let me and that's the benefit of having someone with a lot of experience. You know, you want to up your game, find someone who has already upped their game and work with them.
0: I mean, that's really awesome advice. Like I've, with the podcast, I had a coach. Um, now I know what I'm doing. So like, like I knew what I was doing before I had the coach, but he really accelerated me to a new level. I can say the same thing about my YouTube. I can say the same thing about my Pinterest. I've hired people in the areas that I want to grow at. And That is certainly something you should be doing, whether it's public speaking, podcasting, or anything like that. Hire people who can help you grow in the areas you want to grow. And David is one of those guys who does have the expertise, so I do recommend you keep following his work. Uh, Whether you reach out and ask about services, coaching, or not, he is a guy who you should definitely follow if you enjoyed this episode. So uh, where are some good places we could go to continue following your work and journey?
1: Oh yeah, Mark, you know, David or talkdavid.com is the easiest email or website address to remember, talkdavid.com. And there you'll see, you know, we, we, we do offer um, a public speaking communication course. It's 10 weeks long. It's one-on-one with me from anywhere in the world. We do it via phone and Skype. So if people are really interested in upping your communication game, whether it's to become a public speaker or just to learn how to communicate more and make more money, Go to talkdavid.com, check out that course. Also, Mark, we offer something for free at Talk. We offer a lot of things for free, but one, uh, David Essel's Motivational Minute. Every Monday through Friday, when you sign up for the Motivational Minute at talkdavid.com, you'll get a short video in your email early in the morning where I'm talking about a different topic. And even there, you might be able to pick up a couple tips of watching my presentation skills. And we do it all over the place, Mark. You know, I'll do some in my pool. I'll do some in the office. Then I'll go back and do more of the motivational minutes in the pool. You know, we want to show people that you can do things differently. You know, and that's one of the things I think that's really important. Your podcast, my, my video work, and what, what other people are doing, there's got to be a hook that's a little bit different. You know, And so think about it, when you're thinking about becoming a presenter, what, what can I offer that's different? What do I have that will make me unique? And I think continue to work like that. And then the thing that we had talked about earlier too is create a list of your topics that you're great at and stick with those until you've created a massive following, you've made a difference, you're making the money you wanna make, then you can expand. But I'd rather have people stay narrowly focused get really good at several presentations versus trying to be the jack of all trades, which usually means that you're not going to be as good as you could be, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll definitely have that link in the show notes, the idea of not being a jack of all trades, narrowing in on a few topics. I mean, there's a lot of speaking gigs to be had if you know where to look and you have the right topics. So definitely really great insights there, David, I appreciate you for taking the time to come on the profitable public speaking podcast. It was a pleasure having you on the show.
1: Mark, I had a blast. Continued success, brother.